0: Hello, welcome back to the Education On Fire podcast. We should probably just take a little breath together and I hope you're enjoying that we're having two episodes a week now and it's fitting in well with your lifestyle or however you're listening to the show. If you know someone who'd like to be a guest on the show or indeed yourself, if you've got something which you offer and support young people around the education system, please get in touch. You can go to educationonfire.com and there's a get in touch page right there. Be delighted to hear from you. Now, today I'm chatting to Antoine Thompson, or Coach T as he's known, and he coached and mentored young women and young men, helping them improve their athletic skills, personal growth and personal relationship skills for over 30 years. His basketball coaching has covered elementary, middle and high school, AAU, college, and he's just completed his 10th year at a private school. He's the founder and executive director of JLT Fieldhouse, a non-profit youth coaching and mentoring organization dedicated to coaching and mentoring the leaders of tomorrow. This organization is named in the honor of his late father, which he'll explain on the podcast. He is also the owner of Coach T's Corner, an online mentoring academy that is designed to educate, support and inspire our future leaders of tomorrow and to better prepare them to take ownership of the tools for a prosperous future. Now, I love the fact that some of these conversations I had are so multifaceted across different subject areas, but they all come back to the child and the people that we're supporting. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Antoine Thompson or Coach T. Hi, Antoine. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Education On Fire podcast. I think over the 260-something the episodes that we're actually been recording so far, I think the idea of mentorship and coaching is the thing that's come back time and time again is such an important thing. So I'm really looking forward to, to diving into this. So yeah, thank you so much for being here.
1: Well, thank you so much. I truly appreciate the opportunity and I couldn't agree with you more. I think this is a very important topic that uh, I'm more than happy to discuss with you.
0: So tell us exactly where you are in, in that kind of sort of day-to-day work that you're doing with everybody.
1: Yes. Well, I am in North Carolina, Salisbury, North Carolina, which is about um, 40 miles north of Charlotte, uh, North Carolina. And my nonprofit organization, JLT Fieldhouse, is a uh, basketball coaching and mentoring organization. And we utilize the game of basketball as a vehicle to recruit kids in. But our main goal is to teach them life skills that they're going to be able to use when they get out of school and out of sports. And, uh, our day-to-day is really a focus of one-on-one group sessions, our summer events, and then also Coach T's Corner, which is totally a mentoring program, which is an online mentoring program, which is designed to teach the soft skills that kids aren't readily being taught in schools. And I think it's so important for them to understand about accountability, responsibility, and other soft skill areas like
0: that. And you've already answered one of the questions that was sort of on my mind, is the fact that sort of how do you get children and and young people involved in in mentoring and giving them the advice and the support that they need when maybe they don't think they need it or or they're not aware of what's going on and i can see that sports is an ideal way isn't it of of just kind of of getting that conversation going and getting the collaboration and 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 giving them the i guess the environment that they feel like they can really step into
1: you're absolutely right and the best example like you said uh, with sports it's when we're teaching the basketball skills one of the first things you have to do is establish where they are with their skills and that requires communication that requires them providing you with feedback of where they want to be and it naturally and organically puts you in a position where you can connect with the kids better they're more relaxed and in tuned and willing to accept the guidance direction that they need And then that ultimately leads to more and more opportunities to teach them and they're more open to that that's been my experience in my 30 plus years of doing this
0: and i think for me often that there's sort of the sort of two two areas of 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 young people that get support it's people that are really struggling and then they 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 get recommended they they get the support they need because someone really sees that that they need that help and then sometimes you get some really high achievers and they're looking to do um, ex, um, experiences and kind of finding people that can help them grow and, and they've got a sort of a goal and a path of where they want to go but there's a lot of people in the middle that maybe would benefit from this so much and it was interesting you were saying that a lot of these skills that people aren't getting in school um, and 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 so just tell me a little bit about sort of how you find sort of the types of people that they're that, that coming to you and also maybe what it is that we think should be happening in schools i mean like some people will say it's just for the academics and, and other people right. would say it needs to be a bit more rounded so i'm curious about that for you
1: yeah the best the the kids that come through are a, a myriad of what you just described some are the very basic and then we have the intermediate and then we have those advanced kids that really want to go like, say to the next level and with each of those like you just described there are different areas that they need to focus on and one of the first things that uh, has happened with those that are the less skilled, they also deal with and have issues with confidence and self-esteem. And that's one of the first things that's recognized or that I'm able to recognize and knowing that that's where we have to build first before we really can get to any improvement in any athletic skills. Most parents that come through or sign up at our program, That is, Mark, the first thing they're really wanting is to see their kids' self-confidence and their self-esteem rise. And for me, that's a given because I already know the basketball part. That comes easy. But I want to make the best all-around young person I can, boys or girls. And we deal with kids from first grade all the way through 12th grade. So we don't limit those opportunities. And some of the struggles that we've seen have to do with confidence and once that's established they're able to marry in with those intermediate and those advanced ones and the reason that is is because what we also teach is inclusion so just because you're better athletically there's still some things that you need to learn socially as far as how to work with people that are less skilled those that you can bring to your level and that's the environment that we create and in seven years i've seen it Flourish to a level that has exceeded my expectations, which only inspires me to push further.
0: And and how did you find that kind of peer-to-peer interaction mm-hmm. on 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 a sort of a on a regular day as, as part of the programme. Because I know certainly recently I saw my daughter, um, she had like a sort of a netball tournament and they sort of mixed everyone up and they had some of the older girls with some of the, some of the younger ones. And I was so impressed with their kind of sense of, of fairness, of support and encouragement. Um, and it's amazing when, you're, when they're given that sense in that set of environments, what, what's, what's, what's really possible?
1: Well, what made it possible for us was actually overlapping all of the programs. We actually uh, we have programs for each age group and they overlap on the same day. And about three years, actually four years ago, I experimented with something where we had our younger kids and then we'd have our intermediate and we have our older ones. Well, in between that, I'd allow them to overlap for one hour. So we'd have those younger kids with the older kids all the same time. And you could imagine there were some mixed feelings about that. And I, I anticipated that. But it was what I was hoping to see happen and grow from that. And what it was was a natural progression of the older kids starting to accept their role as leaders. And the main reason was they noticed right away that the younger kids were looking up to them for God's direction, not just from me. So now they, they're like, oh, wow, I have these younger kids looking up to me. I have to show them the example that, you know. They need to have, and the downside was we had some of the uh, parents of the older kids that were the more skilled ones. They weren't really buying into it. They were like, "Well, my child's too good for this." And I said, "Well, that's your choice. You don't have to, but I need you to understand what we're trying to create here. You know, your your child's abilities and skills lends itself to help the younger kids along with myself." And the kids to this day, the old ones still come back and do the same things that they did when they were in the program. So it had a huge benefit to the growth of our program.
0: And tell us a little bit about sort of the breadth of your life as well, because I know, like you said, you talked about the online program, you've you've got a book out, you know, you've, you've got a TV mini series and right. a podcast. So, so, so tell us sort of where those energies lie and, and, and how that kind of fits in a sort of a week by week basis.
1: Well, all of this stuff stems back, Mark, really, it, to tell my story in a brief uh, section here, it all stems back to my father. Um, he was not my biological father, but he, in essence, was my father, uh, raised from age three on. And, that experience and what he taught me was all about what I'm doing now. And that is given when given the opportunity to share things that you've experienced and things that you that can help other people. You, you do it without hesitation and without, without any expectation of reward. And that's been my inspiration to, to what I'm doing. And the other part is I got cut from the basketball team every year. And you know, when you apply or try out for something, you don't get it. Most kids are, distraught and disappointed and they go into something else but my love of the sport was so big that I was not going to just turn away from it and the opportunity presented itself to start coaching and once I started coaching I realized early on that I had this innate ability to connect with kids of all ages and at different skill levels and understanding that it's about building relationships first before you can accomplish anything else and doing that without judgment and that's one of the first things that kids noticed and that spread and then that led to the start of uh, JLT Fieldhouse started because of my father is named after my late father. who passed away in 1996 from leukemia. And it's always been my inspiration. And every accomplish, accomplishment that I've had with uh, coaching and then uh, the nonprofit, I just ask myself, what more can I do? And that led to Coach T's Corner and then with the book and the TV series. And it's not work to me. Um, this is my passion. And I'm always looking for better ways to reach more kids and to make an impact and share my knowledge and, and my love of, of young people.
0: And I think what I, I really admire about that is that so many people feel like you have to kind of do a certain thing or pick one thing in, and stick with it. And I think when you've got a, a mission, when when you've got a sense of what it is that you're you're here to share and, and, and to and to be able to sort of bring to the, the world for everybody then there are multiple strands to these things, aren't there? And I think you can, you can make those decisions with a real sort of clear mind.
1: You can, in, in every experience. And I think this is one of the best things about being a coach and a mentor is, I'm always looking to find ways to get better. And how do you think I get better? by the interaction with every new child that I come in contact with because it's a new way to learn it's a new way to teach it's a new way to mentor and it's a new way for me to grow as an individual so that I can do a better job of what I do because the kids give great feedback be it good bad or indifferent but I utilize that just as they utilize it the, the information that I give them to uh, to help them
0: and how do you find that works for the young people because i think i think what you said there is absolutely kind of perfect but it's kind of the opposite to what they often feel from their school isn't it because it's kind of you have to fit in there are certain standardized tests you have to make it look like this you've got a you know a a grade that you should be aiming for but as you quite rightly said everyone's individual and it's this kind of ebb and flow and moving and meeting people that kind of enables your life to grow so how do you sort of go about sort of, sort of dispelling, I guess, that myth in some ways, which of course they hear all the time.
1: Believe it or not, Marcus, one word: vulnerable. Being vulnerable. When kids, they they're taught that every adult, every um, authority figure, is the superior superior being. You know, it's this is what it is, this is what it's not. Well, what I found is when I started sharing my stories and my failures and things that I've learned. They innately go, Oh, you're not perfect. You don't know everything. You did learn from your mistakes, so I can make mistakes. I said, Exactly. But at the same time, I share that with them so that they think before they act. So, and I think when I don't know about you, when I was growing up, it was always, Well, kids are supposed to be seen and not heard. Well, you know, those days are long gone. So, it's about how do you convey that to kids that they have a voice. And they have the right and the ability to share their thoughts, but it's how it's done, and that's the big part of the communication that I teach them. Um,
0: so, tell us sort of how how it's structured, how how sort of people would sort of come in and and then sort of develop through, and I, and I guess there, there's an exit game at some point where you feel like you know they've got their wings as it were, and they're able to really thrive on their own. Well,
1: so. I'll give a story, actually a success story, if you will, and it'd be a perfect example of of the process. Um, Had a young man about five years ago that came into the program, uh, very socially awkward, uh, but loved the game uh, athletically, had a lot of work to do, but was willing to to learn. But he had a a lot of uh, ebbs and flows and was very disconnected early on. And so with the one-on-one sessions, that was my time to build a rapport with him and and for us to get uh, get used to one another, get to know our our quirks, if you will. And then once he got to a point where he was really comfortable, started um, incorporating joint sessions with him and another player, someone that was at equal skill level, but at the same time would be a competitive partner for him to work with. And in short time, I saw progression in not only his skills, but just in his communication and interaction. And then we moved that to the uh, the clinics. So we started working in with the clinics. And gradually, he just started picking up confidence, momentum. And he started even growing athletically. And this culminated with his mom sending me a text about four years later. This, is, this didn't happen overnight. But in a four-year period, she sent me a text, and she told me that he had it woken up one morning that morning and told her that he no longer felt alone, but that he identified with another word and that word was relentless. And it turns out that was actually a name, a word that I was or an adjective I was using to describe his progression and his growth. He was becoming so relentless in his pursuit of just his interaction, his communication, and his skill development. And she said that that was a true testament to the prox- process and progress that he had made being in our program. And uh, during, on his 15th birthday, he invited my wife out to, with his mom and his grandparents for dinner. And during that dinner, he had excused himself um, to go to the restroom. And while he was gone, his mom and his grandmother's grandfather shared with me that they said, and I quote, you literally saved his life because prior to him entering your program, he was suicidal. And that uh, I actually got emotional on the spot because I didn't realize that I'd had that much of an impact because for me, it's just me doing what I love doing. And to this day, he is now a junior in high school, no longer plays competitively, but volunteers to come back and help me with clinics with the younger kids. And we communicate almost on a monthly basis, two or three times a month via text or phone call. And that is the perfect example of why I started the program and the benefits of taking the time to connect with kids, find out what they're missing and what we can do to provide what they're missing and help them to grow.
0: I love that. And like I said, it's a it's a beautiful story. And I think there'll be so many people listening who just, they can remember somebody that's done it in, in their particular way. and And I think also like, it really sounds like you, you like you said it, you meet them where they are, and I think sometimes you might know the whole backstory and and are able to put that into context. And sometimes, actually, that doesn't matter because you you haven't got any of that kind of baggage, if you like, in terms of of your preconceived ideas for someone. You can just literally start from from a, a, a level playing field, and then you grow from there. And and that, I guess, is is a really special moment.
1: It, it really is. And, and as I was mentioning before, it's. Um... You know, just just like with you' were mentioning with uh, we we're talking earlier about your music uh, and it so it comes so easily for you because of the level that you've taught and played and it's just innately a part of who you are and you love it and it's the same thing for me. So there's no expectations of oh I want pass to the back because of what I did. Just based on the story that I shared with you, I did what I was supposed to do with that individual and he's paying it forward by coming back so i've again accomplished what the goal of the organization is coaching and mentoring the leaders of tomorrow now we have a young man that i was coaching and mentoring now he's coaching and mentoring and i'll share later on with the opportunity i'll share a little bit more how that works
0: yeah and 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 you touched on something there which is something i've heard before which is so important is the fact that people often want to feedback into what they've known and how they can say thank you and how they can repay you. But that paying it forward is really the best thing you can do, isn't it? Because that... They understand what it's all about, but they know there's another person down the line. There's another group of people that their experience and that ripple effect can go forward. And that, I think that progression then, not only for the people involved, but for the community at large, then has an expanse which is which is exciting and, and a real feeling of growth, which as we know in the world at the moment is that positivity which is going to be so key for everything to, to progress in a positive manner.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that, the other part of that, Mark, is that By utilizing this approach, it empowers. And that's the other big word that I use a lot is empowerment. And when kids don't feel empowered because of the lifestyle they're living in. And, you know, technology has had a a huge impact on that. How can you be empowered when everything is at your fingertips and you don't feel as though you can go after anything because everything comes to you? And my approach is to remind them you're empowered to be who you want. And where you wanna do it and how you wanna do it. But you gotta believe in yourself and not allow the outside influences, peer pressure and things of that nature deter you from what your goals are and what your end goals are.
0: And I think when you can like say technology is a really key factor, but when you can see it as a tool and, and an instrument of what it is that you can you can do and develop and, and connect with people. It's um it's a real positive, like I say, but can so much be a, a negative when people don't actually see it in the round and understand how to work work with it in the in the best possible way. Um, I'm keen to know how how you sort of see the world. You, you, you've talked about this very kind of one-on-one coaching. You know, the, the ability to to work with people within that program. So what was it that sort of drew you to writing the book or or to have an online program where you can then actually kind of develop relationships with people, obviously, further afield and affect more people?
1: I'm an old heart, old school minded. Uh, Some people say don't use the word old school because it is a a mindset, but it's all about how you perceive it. And when I say old school, I mean the family family dynamic is that is a lost entity you know the days of people sitting around the dinner table at six o'clock and having a conversation without everybody's heads and phones when you go out to um, the store or something you say hey to people people no longer acknowledge you everybody's so caught up in their own world and when you work in a one-on-one situation yes you're making a difference like the, the young man i just mentioned. But how long will it take for that impact to make a change down the road? Even if he pays it forward, connects with somebody, pays it forward, connects somebody, it's going to take a long time. But me, I'm not a I'm not a world savior. But I believe that what I have to offer can make a significant impact, not just for the young people themselves, but also for educators and for parents and for other coaches, because there is room for growth for all of those individuals. And that's why I wanted to expand, i.e. the book, the podcast, the TV show, to reach more people, to share the most basic thing that we all know. And sometimes we just need to hear it because we get so caught up in our own worlds. We don't stop and think, uh, yeah, you know, I do need to connect with my kids better. I don't need to just send them off. Okay, you got an hour of um, iPad time and then you got to do X, Y and Z. That's controlling lives, not only controlling the child's life, but it's controlling the parents lives. So me, it's all about building relationships back within a family, and that is what truly inspires me and continues for me to move forward and to grow this.
0: And one of the things that I'm I'm always curious about is um is that ability to kind of to share that wisdom, but across like you say, I mean the family unit is a perfect example, isn't it? Because it's it's one thing spending time just with children and mentoring children. It's another then to be able to support parents. It's another thing to be able to support coaches and, and educators because we're all so interconnected. It, it's, a, it's a really kind of sort of all-inclusive message, I think. So how do you go about sort of sharing that same type of message but breaking it up into, into those different areas?
1: Well, each one overlaps, and Mark, really. If, if you break down the whole premise of... Well, let's just use the uh, the book as an example. You know, I we'll talk about the Sea of Success. Well, it's it supports, it's it educates, supports, and inspires. It educates the kids, it inspires the kids, but it's a support for educators and parents, and how they overlap. You know, if I'm teaching, if we're teaching kids about communication, how to communicate better, well, if. A child is able to communicate better. Do you not think that that's going to make them communicate better with their educators in school? Is that not going to impact their communication with their parents at home? If we talk about goal setting, kids have no idea how to set goals themselves, short term, medium or long term. Well, if they're taught how to make short, medium, long term goals. Are they not going to be able to communicate that better in school when, when you're talking about their futures and what they want to do? are they not gonna be able to make their parents more comfortable about not worrying about their kids when they get out of school because my child has a great plan for themselves when they get out of school. You know, we talk about uh, accountability. Right now, there's very little accountability. And unfortunately I have to say it, educators, teachers, and parents are guilty of not holding kids accountable. So if there's personal accountability taught with kids, what is that going to do in schools? That's going to make them more accountable. That's going to be less disciplinary issues in schools. And kids are going to be able to learn more. What is that accountability going to do at home? Now, parents are going to hope, holy crap, my kids taking accountability and responsibility for their chores and their homework and, and going a step above and beyond. That goes back again to relationships. And it, and, and this, I could go on and on, but just, just to give you an idea of how all that intertwines and overlaps and all three entities benefit from that.
0: I love it and and not once have we spoken about how you need to go about learning any given subject because all of that like I say just stems out of of these important conversations and this important understanding of of who you are whether it's the young person growing whether it's the coach whether it's the mentor whether it's an educator and how like, I think conversations that, that seems to be the really important word for today you know in terms of how you can communicate how you can have these conversations Um, And like you said just slightly earlier on, that sense of the fact that we all learn from each other all the time, every conversation we have with either our peers or or younger people, it all helps us grow and we then have a different mindset and a different dynamic or a slightly different inflection of how we can support somebody else. and that, that, I think, is a really exciting prospect.
1: It really is. And and you're, you're absolutely right. The communication part. One of the biggest things I've always uh, heard from a lot of kids that, uh, that I've worked with is they don't feel heard. Um, and they feel as though every time they do share their thoughts or their concerns, it's never received compassionately. It's always received in, oh, you want me to tell you what to do? And that's not what they're looking for. And again, this goes back to communication and building and fostering and maintaining really good relationships.
0: So you talked about the obviously the incredibly important role of your father. Um, But is there within the education system, someone that really made a big impact, whether it's a teacher or, or a particular experience that you'd like to share?
1: Oh, teachers. Wow. Now, you know, I'm not a young guy, so it might take me a minute. (laughs) No, actually, there were a couple of teachers. My seventh grade teacher, uh, Miss Titoni at the time was the one that stood out to me um, because she uh, provided an experience that I have with a lot of kids now. And that was she showed empathy for me and compassion for my uh, shyness, if you will, um, knowing that I had the knowledge, but I was always shy to express myself. And she actually pulled me aside a couple of times and it reminded me, she goes, stop doubting yourself and just speak up. And even if you're wrong, this is school, you're here to learn. So even if you're not right and that really stuck with me. And then my history teacher, um, in high school was one that taught me, um, how to think for myself. Um, and then I think it's one of those things where you're in a big class, you're always, whenever you're called on, you're always a little nervous to speak up. And and that was an experience that always stuck with me, too. So those are two teachers that I've always referenced when I'm doing some of the things internally, not necessarily externally, but internally when my communications.
0: And I think many people can relate to that sense of feeling shy or not wanting to, to speak up or put their head above the parapet, so to speak. Um, how do you support those children or those people. Because of course, <clears throat> there are some people who just never want to do that and have so many skills and abilities that it would be much more in the background, so to speak. And there are obviously people who are, are more than happy to do that. But I, that, I think that kind of halfway house of, of someone being able to say, you've really got something to say here, or you have the ability to ju- just ask or just say because I think it's valuable. And, and to allow a young person then to sort of grow into that role. I will
1: use actually the um, I'm actually still coaching basketball at a private school. And the young men that I coach, uh, I actually put them in a position that they have to. And I start by what I mentioned earlier about being vulnerable. So when I, when I may be describing what uh, you just asked, uh, the question you asked about how do I, I share an example of kind of where I was with that and explain to them it's okay to be in that situation. And I follow that up with, moving forward, I ask them questions that they otherwise would be nervous about, and I put them in a position to have to answer. Even if they do it reluctantly, over time, if I consistently do it, they're more comfortable doing it because, number one, they're more comfortable with their environment, meaning their teammates, so they know that it's an environment that I welcome everybody to have a voice. And once they realize what Coach says, this is our team, yeah. Um, my example is I have I've never had captains on any of my basketball teams in 30 years, and the reason I do that every player on the team is empowered and is in part of the team. And once you identify one person, you're letting the rest of them know that they're subservient to that one person. And as young people, they don't need to be in that kind of environment. They need to understand what collective and teamwork and what one common goal that you're working towards requires everybody to be on the same level. Um, and those are just uh, a couple of examples of how I do that.
0: Yeah, I think that's incredible. I think that's, that's empowering as a thought as well, let alone obviously, what the young people get from that. Um, Now, what's the best piece you've ever been given? Or what piece of advice would you give your younger self looking back now? And I will fully appreciate that sort of the last sort of half an hour has been full of advice, incredible wisdom (laughs) as well. But if you kind of had to bring it down to maybe sort of one or two points.
1: I was asked this question, Mark, actually uh, not long ago, on another podcast, and I did not hesitate to answer it. And that was think before you act. Uh, if there was anything I could go back and I thought of two or three things that happened when I was younger and they all came back to think before you act, uh, because sometimes uh, if you act before you think it could have a detrimental impact on your life moving forward, you may be able to overcome it or you may not. And because of peer pressure and influence, kids are so quick to make decisions without really thinking about the repercussions of their actions.
0: I think that's really, really important. And, and also um, from a sort of a personal relating um, situation, it's a little bit like when you receive an email or someone you feel has, has done something to you that you want to react to straight away. That kind of take a deep breath do it tomorrow don't do it straight away and just give yourself that time to kind of em- embrace the fact that there's emotions going on here and actually that isn't the time to kind of to having that initial reaction
1: oh you're absolutely right and and i say that also um i just posted the other day so i say you know it's dangerous to be around people that envy you and i say that because that you tr- they treat you like competition but you treat them like family and that was one of, and that's kind of a follow up to, you know, your question about, you know, what would I do? It's, it's all about the people that you surround yourself with also. It helps you make those decisions um, either quickly or you think them out before you act.
0: And we all have resources that are, are really important to us. And these could be something within education. They could be something personal. and And... I'm always interested to hear anything from a podcast, a film, a video, a book, or a song, just something which has had an impact on your life.
1: Uh, a song or a book or an educator or a person. Well, this may sound weird to you, but it's a person that's had a significant impact on me my entire life, and is, is a person that's been like my, or actually been like my protector per his words, and that's my older brother. He's an educator, but he's also an inspiration to me. He's the epitome of leadership, he's somebody I aspire to emulate in how I do what I'm doing. And it's something that's been with me uh, throughout. But if there's another individual, it would actually be um, the legend- legendary basketball coach, Dean Smith, who coached at the University of North Carolina for 36 years. And how he coached is exactly how I coach and how I teach What he coaches and teaches has uh, very little to do with the sport of basketball he teaches life and he is one of the most uh, honored and uh, respected coaches in all of the sport and uh, reading his book a coach's life taught me so much about how to communicate and how to teach young people and a lot of it had like i said again nothing to do with basketball but about teaching them to be people and teaching them uh, how to be human beings not just within the sport, but with outside outside the sport. And one last piece is, I actually had the pleasure of coaching his grandson, my first two years at my private school, and that was just something that it's almost uh, surreal to have that opportunity to do that. But but those are two individuals that had that do and still do and have had an impact in my life.
0: And I think the thing that really makes me happy when I hear things like that is that so often, certainly here on the podcast, you know, we talk about a range of things, whether it's a particular subject, whether it's an area of, of education, whether it's a, a theory or a system. Um, but I always sort of try and bring it back to this essence of fire. I mean, we are education on fire, but that really means feedback, inspiration, resilience, and empowerment. And I think from there, in the same sorts of ways that you've been talking about, how you go about your coaching and mentoring, it's about that individual person and also how you interact with them. And I think those four things really, really make a big difference. And from there, you could talk about any subject because it's its about, like I said, that human to human contact. Um, so out of those four things, what's the one thing that just immediately sort of jumps out to you is, is, um, in, Important to you, um, so yeah, feedback, inspiration, resilience, and empowerment.
1: Empowerment, as I was before, empowerment. Um, it, when I'm when I'm talking to kids, when that's the one thing that just sticks out to me because I want them to walk out, head held high, chest out, and feeling good about who they are. And it all comes back to empowering them to be in control of their lives in every aspect of their lives, and not to doubt themselves at any point. And resiliency would be the second one, but if, and that's why when you were saying those, those were two that really stuck out. But empowerment just is just the one that just really pushes it to the top. And I got goosebumps as I'm telling you that, but but that's that's the word empowerment is the one that really stands out to me.
0: Well, that's really good to hear. And I kind of think when you feel empowered, no matter what your circumstance, where you are, or what you're trying to do, there's another day, another conversation, another thought which is going to take you in a direction which is going to be growth related and I, I guess that's the that's the key wherever that growth is whether it's academic whether it's physical whether it's spiritual whatever it happens to be you're on a path which you can then have the strength that you know that you've got like I say the skills that you need in order to to move forward so just to, as we wrap up tell us um where people can find out about all the stuff all the things that you're doing and, and and your book and and what you'd like people to take away from all this yes
1: so uh, my website is coachteescorner.com have a Facebook page as well as a group. Uh, The the page is Coach T's Corner. I have a private uh, Facebook group, which is Developing Tomorrow's Leaders. I also have, of course, my podcast, Developing Tomorrow's Leaders. Uh, My television show is on um, Roku and Amazon Fire on the Careers from Home channel called Coach T's Corner. And, of course, you can find me on Instagram and uh, on TikTok, Coach T's Corner.
0: Fantastic. Well, we'll have links to all of that stuff in the show notes so people can can click through so. Thanks so much for being here. It's um, it's a really inspiring conversation, and I and I just think for me the most important thing is is that we see websites, we see Facebook pages, we see a book, and and all that kind of stuff. But I think when we can hear the voice of the person, both um from an oral point of view, but actually more importantly from a kind of a, a human point of view in terms of those experiences and those thoughts, um, and the stories that come through, it, it just kind of I think opens a door for people to be able to feel like, you know we're all heading in in the same direction and and singing off the same page, as it were, in whichever part of the world we're living in and and whatever our background, there are people out there making a massive difference. So Coach T, thank you so much indeed for everything that you're doing and and thank you so much for sharing it with
1: us. Mark, thank you so much for your opportunity. I'm I'm very appreciative and I hope that your listeners will enjoy um, hearing my uh, advice and as well as uh, a couple of stories that I shared and I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening and being part of this wonderful community. With over 300 episodes, I've collated 20 resources from guests that have been on the show to help you in your educational journey and those of you involved with young people. Just go to educationonfire.com and you can sign up on the homepage. Thanks for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information of each episode and to get in touch, go to educationonfire.com. Education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire.